Welcome to Hit The Real, uh, where we sit down and we talk about what entertainment we are consuming and what we really think about it. I'm joined by my friend and colleague, Jesse. How you doing, man? I am present, Michael, which is <laughs> all I could hope for, I think, this week. So, Fair. How are fair. you? I mean, I'm right there with you. Uh, like, uh, I, I took a little bit of a power nap right before uh this after getting done with work so hopefully i'm fully charged and ready to go to talk about one of my favorite franchises ever the uh cinematic dc movie experience not universe because they don't want to call it dcu <laughs> I, I can hear the sarcasm tripping <laughs> as you say that Maybe it's me because I've known you for so long, but it it, it was there. <laughs> I no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> of course. All right, so let's start off. I think you're leading this this week's discussion a little bit more. I am, and I I have notes because I wanted to make sure I was prepared. But um, mm-hmm. I think actually we need to talk about the fabulous disco bondage man and then we'll transition into what i have prepared yeah um i mean so the fabulous disco bondage man for those uh unaware is pretty much just myself jesse and my girlfriend um in recently i watched because i i hadn't seen um i hadn't seen the Justice League movie until very recently because I was prepping myself for uh, the Snyder Cut to be released because I wanted to know what the difference is and be able to be aware of that. Um, and then, I mean, admittedly, it's going to be pretty easy. It's like four hours versus like two hours. So there's like a whole other movie in there. But um, in watching it with my girlfriend, we were talking about uh, Cyborg. And I kind of alluded to like, I, I, I was a little let down by the character itself. It kind of felt like he was a little rushed. I felt like there wasn't enough development between his his father and himself. And I was talking to my girlfriend about it and saying like, oh, yeah, he's like a character from, you know, the 80s. And Cyborg is such an original name for a superhero that's half man, half robot. Um, and so I was actually really stuck because I, I, I even said I think I was like, I think I, I think his first issue was like 1980 something. And I like looked it up and I was like spot on with the year and I was like really stoked. And I was like, and, and of course in doing that, I saw one his original attire, uh, not the most recent one. I think a lot of people, maybe our generation remember the teen Titans um, on cartoon network right. kind of look of him, which is kind of more of that actual, like the, they've got a lot of the times that half of the face, which has always been a part of the um, cyborg kind of look but more, much more robotic. And then when I showed her the original, she was just like that. He looks like a fabulous disco bondage. man. <laughs> and if you haven't really looked at the original uh, character um, costume of cyborg, it's really just kind of a guy wearing a, like a leotard and like having some like metal bands that are like bondagey looking and then like having boots and like gloves on it. That's really it. There's nothing else uh, it's compared to like the more recent iterations of him where it's really like he's mostly robot and there's very few human parts to him. So that's kind of the lead up to the fabulous disco bondage. Man. 
I have to say, out of all the contributions from your girlfriend that could have been observed from watching that, I probably would not have pegged Fabulous Disco Bondage Man to be one <laughs> that would be introduced. So we have her to thank for that, and it's mm-hmm. gonna be it's gonna be hard now to look at Cyborg and not reference that <laughs> moving True. forward. So thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho, <laughs> now that we have gotten the the listeners up to speed on you know the alter ego for the 1980s version of Cyborg, um, last week one thing that we did was you kind of ran down your thoughts um, mm-hmm. on Joss Whedon's Justice League, having you know just recently watched it and having kind of a fresh take. Um, so I wanted to do something similar. Um, because I and the fiance, we just rewatched Man of Steel and, you know, Batman v Superman. So, um, seeing as we're leading into the Snyder cut of the Justice League, I thought it was a good opportunity just to provide, you know, a fresh take, if you will, on my overall thoughts, both good and bad on these two movies. Um, sound good? Yeah, no, absolutely. All right. So Man of Steel, um, and we are going to get into, you know, spoilers as we tend to do on this show. So if you haven't watched the Snyder movies, they're about to be, you know, completely and utterly ruined for you. Um, and I, I prefaced this last week, but to make sure everyone knows that I was not a big Superman guy, you know, growing up, you know, most of my knowledge of him stems from the animated Justice League TV series that aired in the early 2000s. That's primarily what I know about him. Um, so anywho, when I, I liked this movie when it came out overall, um, and rewatching, I kind of went into that and tried to keep an open mind. And to be perfectly frank, I think this movie gets a little bit of a bad rap because it has some strong elements going for it that I think have been praised and mm-hmm. on the Marvel side. And I thought this had some of those similar concepts and elements, albeit with a different artistic style that I think were not as, you know, praised in this instance as they were for some other superhero movies that we've seen. Um, I, I like the approach. I like the idea of, you know, where does Superman, where does a God-like figure of this magnitude fit in, in our modern day world? Um, the idea of, you know, destiny, you know, that he's going to lift, you know, the people of earth, you know, out from the, the shackles of their, their ordinary uneventful lives and accomplish wonders. And I, I hate how that comes off, but that's, that's the main idea there. Um, to whereas, Whereas, whereas his dad, you know, on Earth puts it to him, um, Kevin Costner, um, is that you have, it's your choice about what kind of man you want to be. You know, that's up to you. So I like the approach. I think it was emboldened by the fact that Christopher Nolan was part of the development of this movie. And I think that added a level of maturation and uh, uh, cohesiveness to the story. I do think this is the best script overall we've seen um, 
in the DC extended universe, whether, you know, they want to call it that or not. Um, I like the cast. I like Henry Cavill in this role. I think he's probably the best live action Superman that we've had. Um, he really fits the role. Well, he's relatable. You know, he's a likable guy and I mean, he's a hulking dude. So he, he looks the part and he acts it. Um, Michael Shannon as Zod is, I think, a good villain. Um, I like villains um, that have a strong sense of purpose and that in their minds they think they're the hero and that everything that they're doing is for, you know, a higher, you know, a higher purpose or for the greater good or, you know, what have you. Um, and I think you get that there. There is, you know, <laughs> a little bit of overacting where he's just shrieking for, you know, almost no reason, it seems. But uh, otherwise, you know, I like him there. I like the rest of the cast. Um, Amy Adams, Kevin Costner, you know, Diane Lane's in this, you know, Lawrence Fishburne, Russell Crowe. It's, you know, a, quite the veteran ensemble of actors that you have here. Um, so I, overall, I like all that. I like Superman. He's got an edge, man. And, you know, he gets to kick some ass finally in a live action Superman movie. We've been, <laughs> just been waiting, you know, for years for him to punch things after, you know, Christopher Reeves was, you know, reversing time and saving cats and trees. And I don't know what the hell Brandon Routh was doing in Superman Returns because I blocked that from my mind. But um, yeah, I think that's good. I, I think it's, again, it's got a good heart to it and it's a good overall introduction for fans who don't know much or don't really care about Superman. So those are the good parts. I will give you the bad parts, the cons, <laughs> and then you can kind of chime in and, you know, see yeah. whether, you know, we're on the same page or maybe come in at this or looking at it from a different perspective, but um, really like cheesy lines in this fucking movie, dude. Um, there is when I think it's before the climax when uh, Superman destroys the world machine. Um, you know, Lois is falling as, you know, that's kind of, you know, one of her main reasons for being here is, you know, to be the damsel in distress type of thing. Um, and he saves her. Um, and this, they have their first kiss and it's like, oh, it's going to be, you know, a you know, cute little moment. And then she fucking says, you know, it's always downhill after the first kiss. And I literally looked at my fiance, looked back at the movie and started booing the movie in my, in the confines of my own home. <laughs> like it's not even a theater or anything. Just boo. Uh, just so cheesy, so unnecessary. And they, you know, it, this is kind of a trend you will notice in this with Zack Snyder is that he sometimes, and David Goyer who wrote this and Batman v Superman and that they don't always know or trust their audience enough to know how, what they're supposed to be feeling in that moment. They have to tell us you know, exactly what we're supposed to be thinking. And it's just, it's awful, man. It sounds awful and it, it, it hasn't gotten any better. Um, uh, to the point of Superman gets to kick a little ass, finally. Dude, Metropolis gets fucked in this movie. It is like a barren wasteland after he and Zod are done with, you know, you know their big showdown. And yet at the end, <clears throat> when he's 
you know, getting his job at the Daily Planet, which, you know, how the, how the hell did he get that job? Because he didn't have any credentials or anything, but, you know, that's another point, um, is that the city is all rebuilt again with, like, like no no signs that it was just completely devastated by <laughs> these two aliens having a, a bare-knuckled brawl in their city. So um, it's just, I don't know, that, that part is... I let it go overall but i mean that city is like totally destroyed and then yet there's like no consequences of that so that is very much a, a comic booky aspect of this that you know you kind of brush aside but it's still there and you know there's there's a couple other things i have actually a clarifying question and that's you know he goes mm -hmm. to his, you know, the ship that they find in, you know, Antarctica or wherever it is and that he talks to his real dad for the first time. You're, you're not my real dad. Um, and then the, uh, he gets his suit, you know, his official suit, and it's like the same suit that all other Kryptonians wear, and I thought that was kind of weird, but I wasn't sure if that was, like, part of the canon or not. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I know that they like his suit is Kryptonian made, and I can't remember. I've got a weird like fever dream memory, and I think it's um, Supergirl's cape is his like baby blanket. <laughs> so I'm assuming there's something where like they packed away uh, his fortress of solitude he's got so many things in there maybe it, uh, I, I got nothing so there's that. something to that though that, that they there's, didn't there, make I, up I feel, out of nowhere yeah no, i know i feel like there is some there's probably some sort of like in in fairness that's one thing you know walking this line of um bringing in the general audience but also paying homage and like nodding to your like structured and already existing fan base and maybe that's what that was is that essentially it was just being like hey we know that this is kind of weird that his cousin runs around with his baby blanket as a cape, but he got you. So, <laughs> well, I mean, I I can't say I can really take that seriously either. But at least you know they right. were drawing from the inspiration of the comics, so that's you know that's whatever too. But I I just thought it was kind of weird. Anyways, how are we doing so far? Where where are you at with all with all this? So, I mean, I remember, so and you, you kind of talking about it uh, did make me think back. I thought a little bit about, you know, the the Superman movie and the, um, and it's funny you talk about like the, the, the Superman movie you block from your mind. The, like, I, the only thing I really remember from that one is like the whole like bullets. Isn't that like, isn't that the one with the Gatling gun that he just like is the guy's just shooting him and it's just like do -do 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 hitting him and it like hits his eye. Or am I misremembering? Uh, shoot, and I just watched it, so I should know. I can't remember him taking a bullet in the eye necessarily, but he definitely yeah. devastated like several like you know Gat you know Gatling gun type things or mm -hmm. you know this giant machinery or whatever. But go ahead. But uh, so I mean, I'm like sitting there, and as you're talking about it, I do kind of. Yeah, so it is Superman Returns that he takes the the bullet to the that, eye. That's why I don't remember because uh, I like I, said, I blocked it yeah. from my mind. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and like that, that's the only cool thing I remember from that movie is like just him just like getting like this guy like brings out this giant gun and he's just getting sh like just you know it's full on you know 
uh, predator scene in jungle where they're just emptying into the uh, the jungle trying to kill the predator. It's just got bullets hitting him in the chest, um, and then he gets shot in the eye. But like I remember that from that scene, that or that that one scene from that movie. But you know the rest of that movie, yeah, it just kind of blurs out. But specifically the Snyder version. Um, as you're talking about it, I do kind of feel like it, it does. The man of steel just kind of does kind of get lumped in to this, like it being real crappy and stuff. But in the same hand, I like remember watching it at the time and I do have like, you know, fairly fond memories of it. It wasn't a horrible, like terrible wrenching experience. And then, you know, later, like you said, that some of the lines kind of, uh, uh, the the writing kind of grates on you in some places, yeah. and I, I'm feeling like that's just kind of, and it's one of those things of expecting out of Snyder is just kind of that idea that this, this these movies are it's there's very beautiful spectacles. I remember being like just awed by like I actually appreciated the fact that they showed like Zod and Superman going toe to toe in the city and just like the devastation that was happening because you know. It, it it kind of isn't brought up all the time. It, you don't get to really see that and see like truly how terrible like these types of figures going gods uh-huh. essentially among us would be like how they would truly interact in a city that large. You do see kind of that in like some of the Marvel stuff, but I feel like the Snyder because of how it's shot, the color palette, it's much yeah. darker. And I appreciated that because it truly would be a dark experience to have something like that happening where you're living well and it was you know there's this moment too and i i don't want to stay too too long on man of steel but mm-hmm. um, there's this moment where right before the world machine gets destroyed where lawrence fishburne's character you know um perry the the editor at the planet he's he's oh, yeah. trying to save somebody from under you know this wreckage you know one of his staff and he can't get her out and it's just coming closer and closer and they're all like fuck we're all about to die here basically um and it's really bleak you know in that sense and i Mm -hmm. think to your point one of the things that happened in terms of it getting lumped in is that marvel you know was really kind of at its peak at this point this was after you know the avengers had come out so you know it just was not i don't think it got the praise that it's, you know, might have because it kind of got sucked into, you know, all those other ones where, um, you know, it, it just had a hard time standing out from the crowd. But now going back, you can see that it did have some differences that, you know, I think were more worthy of praise. Yeah, I do agree. I, yeah, it's not a, it's not a horrifically bad movie. It's, I feel like only later has the, like the DC, DCEU uh, kind of taken some lumps on the, 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 you know, taken some shots to the face that haven't really, um, the, some of their movies haven't been the best, but I think that Man of Steel, it was, it was a, it's, it's, I feel like sometimes it's also that problem of how do you write this perfect character, this like Boy Scout character? I feel like it's, it is very hard to do it in a movie because it's, he can battle so much. He can do so much. He can do no wrong. He, yeah. you know, I, you know, you, you, you have to have him break somebody's neck for him to really have any sort of emotional 
gut-wrenching experience, sure. which, you know, watching him, watching him do that design, I, I wasn't like mad about that. Like I know some of, uh, I remember some of my fan, my friends, um, in college time frame, uh, with the theater department I was in, um, w- like one of them was real mad that they had him kill somebody. I'm like, it's, what was he supposed to do in that situation? Yeah. Like, you know, unfortunately he doesn't have a utility belt to solve all yeah. his problems. I mean, I, I thought that was a powerful moment that kind of showed his restraint from that level of violence. Mm-hmm. But I also liked that Cavill kind of brought an edge to this character too, because there's a scene earlier where, you know, some guy dumps a beer on him. And then later after that guy's leaving the bar, his fucking <laughs> semi truck is on like, yeah, you know, a light post somewhere and it's all like, you know, sparking and, you know, wrecked beyond repair. And it's like, Oh shit, you know, you mess with me and I'm going to just, you know, completely fuck your, you know, semi. So that, that part <laughs> I, I, I liked this too. So, mm-hmm. okay. So yeah, I mean, like that one, um, Batman v Superman, little different experience and we'll get into why, um, we started this movie and it, and then, you know, for those who don't know, you know, Michael and I watched this together for the first time and neither of us had seen it. Um, so I remember that Mm -hmm. experience. Um, and this is the ultimate edition, which in my opinion is the actual version of the movie. Um, and there's that opening scene where, you know, Bruce is having a dream and he's, you know, remembering his parents' death and he falls into the bat cave and the bats come out and it's like, Oh, this is pretty typical of, you know, Bruce Wayne stuff. Um, but then he starts like <clears throat> floating and like flying <laughs> as the bats are like, you know, circling around him and they like start carrying him to the light. And I'll never forget it. Cause my fiance just goes, you know, <clears throat> stupid i hate this movie already <laughs> i just started cracking up and i was like no babe it's i mean these dream parts are dumb but you know there are some good things and then it gets kind of silly again and then like oh that's stupid and like oh that was cool and that's kind of what we have here um i do think this movie has some things going for it and i think what you can really sum this up as is that it's there's potential here for a good movie. I like the idea of, you know, having a more jaded and vengeful and older version of Batman with Superman struggling to find his place, you know, in the world about whether do people want a godlike figure like this, you know, amongst them. And then Luther, you know, Lex Luther behind the scenes kind of pulling all the strings and pitting these guys against each other on the surface. That's like a pretty classic Batman, Superman, Luther, you know, story. So that I appreciate. Um, Forming a bond, you know, over Bruce's, you know, trauma and then, you know, the things that have happened to him and then Superman pulling Batman back to the light and, you know, reminding him what it means to be a hero. That to me is kind of the crux of their dynamic. Like that's what their relationship is in a lot of ways. So that structure of what they were trying to do, I get. And I think that was, you know, the the potential was there to really achieve something. Um, Batflick, I guess we'll call him. Batflick's Batman. Um, <laughs> and I think we talked about this when we first saw it, is that his appearance 
and his physique is most true to the comic book version of Batman from what we've seen in a live action movie thus far. And in a lot of ways, I mean, he's a spitting image of Bruce Wayne from the animated series. So I think that, you know, is something I really appreciate that, you know, they got, you know, nothing against Christian Bale or, you know, Michael Keaton or you know, the, the, the two Batmans I don't talk about, but uh, from the Schumacher universe, but, uh, you know, they were more slender guys, you know, they weren't bad shape. They were still, you know, pretty ripped, but, you know, Ben Affleck's a big dude and he's, you know, broad shoulders and all that. And, you know, I promise, you know, this isn't going to be about just what he looks like, but that's, you know, that's important to make him, you know, truly stand out. Um, Gal Gadot, uh, Gal Gadot, I always forget how to pronounce that, um, but she makes her presence known, um, really. I mean, she really measures up to these two guys really well. Um, there's this cool scene where Bruce thinks he has, like, the drop on her and that he's wise to like what she's trying to do. Yeah. I've known women like you my whole life. And she just kind of smirks at him like, Oh, silly boy. I could pick you up and throw you through this wall right now. If I wanted to type thing. <laughs> and I was like, Oh yes, that's, that's what I like to see there. I'm, you know, again, great spectacle. The fight between these two heroes, I think is well done, you know, and there's a lot of good action before in between and after i really like bitter like drunk like pissed off alfred too like <laughs> especially from jeremy irons who has one <laughs> of the best voices in movies um i you know that was just a nice uh variation from what michael kane did with that role so i i appreciated that and the ultimate edition you know there is more depth and you know uh, more depth, more explanation for all these old side stories. You can actually get the full picture of the movie rather than, you know, the theatrical version, which is missing 30 minutes and nobody knows what the fuck is going on in any of these like little side plots. So that, you know, I think is good. Henry Cavill still really, you know, excels in the role. Um, and the fiance tears up at the end, you know, when she, watches him sacrifice himself, you know, to save the planet from doomsday, which we'll get to a little bit more in a bit. But, you know, he's he's got that thing that resonates with people. And I think, <clears throat> again, you know, that was one of the strongest parts in Man of Steel, and I think that continues here. I think he's, you know, a really good fit for that role. The cons. Martha. <laughs> Martha. Every time I watch this scene, I immediately and then they then they make up and then decide to team up to stop Luther. Every time I see that, I always think of Step Brothers, where they it's the did we just become best friends bit? Yep. <laughs> and that's that's every time I see that. That's that's what I think of. And I know what they were trying to go for. I know, you know, it's that what what I talked about, that he's pulling him back to the lights. You know, they have a bond over what's happening to him in the past. Uh, Batman, that is. And it's just, it comes off cheesy, man. It, it And no matter how they try and spin it, it's just, it's not good. It could have used some changes in the writing there and maybe it wouldn't have been as bad but it doesn't work um and it's a key part of the movie too which is unfortunate um i have never liked jesse eisenberg 
in the role of Lex Luthor. I didn't like it when they announced him. And, you know, as I always do, I think, well, let's give him a chance and see what he does with it. And I just, I don't like this neurotic, you know, kind of all over the place, creepy version of Luthor. And again, I don't know much about Luthor because I don't, not a big Superman fan. Everything I know about Luther, again, stems from the Justice League TV show. So I think of him in that vein where he's, you know, more of a presence and, you know, really <clears throat> more of a, you know, Brian Cranston, Walter White type of deal, if you will. Um, and it just, it's hard to buy him there. It's hard to buy, even though he's intelligent, that he truly poses much of a threat to these guys, if at all. And I think Eisenberg portrays him as he was written, but that's part of the problem. I don't think they really found a good approach to how Luther should be uh, written into this movie. Um, Batman's fall to get him to a point where, well, screw it, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna kill Superman type thing, is it's underwritten, you know, and underrepresented. You know, how did he get there in the first place? You know, they keep flashing back to Martha, but he was a hero, you know, after his parents were killed and he was trying to, you know, wage war on crime and, you know, do the, <clears throat> do, you know, fight the good fights. But what made him lose hope in humanity and as a hero, you know, and you don't get to see a lot of that. You get, you know, scenes here and there of, you know, Alfred trying to pull him back and, you know, he's not our enemy, you know, Superman's, you know, you can't fight him. It's suicide. And it, you know, falls on deaf ears, but you never get a good explanation of why they show the Robin costume with the Joker graffiti all over, all over it, which implies maybe Joker killed him in this universe too. But it's, again, it's underwritten and it's inconclusive. And this movie has a little bit of Iron Man two syndrome too. It, uh, I think it bears the burden of having to, in its own story, have storylines and ideas that are supposed to establish what's to come in this universe, kind of like Iron Man 2 did, like Age of Ultron did. And it's just, it's random. Like he opens, like he sends Wonder Woman an email at one point. <laughs> it has the Flash and Aquaman and Cyborg. And it's like, you get that they're teasing Justice League, but it's like, what does any of this have to do with this story we're telling now? And the answer is, you know, a little bit, I guess, but, you know, not a whole lot. Um, in the dream, the nightmare sequences are confusing. You know, they muddle the story, you know, with him being in the future, Batman, you know, leading resistance against evil Superman. And maybe that's, you know, something that, could be flushed out or resolved by the Snyder cut. And then we'll come back and go, Oh yeah, that's where that was going. You know, that was leading to, but that doesn't help anything here. It doesn't make anything more clear for this story now. Um, and then, you know, doomsday himself doesn't really stand out or apart from other mindless monsters or killing machines. He's not in the movie for very long before Superman takes him out. Um, that, doesn't really matter that much to me in a sense because that was his role in the film i can see how that would upset fans of doomsday though who were hoping for him to have a more you know significant part of the story but it's just it's not there and that is you know those are kind of my cons without you know going too too long here so 
where are we at now? What, what, what do you remember from that time we sat down in your apartment and watched this? Yeah, I remember sitting down and watching it with you and then being like, I, I remember like us talking about the fact that we're like, what did they yeah. cut out? Because I'm still confused about parts of this movie. I was just like, I can't imagine like what people like the theatrical cut and people watching this and being and understanding what and like, you know, I was lost and confused in what happened. I was like, I feel sorry for the other people that had to watch this and had and didn't have the quote unquote mm-hmm. extra information that I had. And, and admittedly, you know, maybe um, I think afterwards I talked with somebody about it and they were like, oh, well, you know, you should have watched the first version of it and then watched this version and you could have understood like what was removed and then therefore you could have made it better. Yeah. You, you would have understood more. But my response to them at the time was then I'd have to watch the movie and then I, then I'd have to watch a <laughs> crappy movie twice and no thank you. Um, and and. It, I, I struggle with it because I feel like I've, I remember reading mm-hmm. the Death of Superman comic book, um, the, the the graphic novel, and you know I've learned about Doomsday since then, and I felt like as a character, yes, he is the one to take down Superman. He is that that is such a pinnacle right. moment in comic book history, uh, the death of Superman, that icon, that iconic image of. Uh, his shredded um, cape and costume on a piece of rebar in like a destroyed city. So, you know, it's, it's, I, uh-huh. I feel like it was a good care, a good villain type character, but he was really underdeveloped. It was just like, all of a sudden he was here and it, Lex Luthor yeah. was standing in some sort of goo and, uh, and, and not even to get into the whole, like you were saying, the, the, the dream sequences were also just like, what, what's happening here? What? Okay. We're in the future, but like, all right. And then there's an evil Superman. And at that point I was like, I feel like I remember seeing this in, I want to say the mm-hmm. Superman animated series or another one of their animated segments where I was just like, I knew it's a storyline that essentially like, that um, storyline that Darkseid brainwashes Superman at one point. He also does it to his uh, Supergirl at one point. He does it to a lot of Kryptonians. Sure. I feel like it's it's one of his go-to moves is brainwash uh, a Kryptonian. <laughs> makes sense. Bad work. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, if you're gonna, if you, I mean, if you're gonna brainwash, if you have the ability to brainwash one person, I say Superman is a probably oh, totally. a very good person to brainwash. Uh, unlimited pa- unlimited power uh, but the the movie itself just i felt like was so it, it, you're right it, it had the same problems that I, iron man 2 had it was trying to set up so much i feel like it's the same problem that uh, the most recent mummy with tom hanks had where all these movie theaters are trying to and this I, this is a greater topic but all these movie theaters are trying to set up essentially what the MCU has and they want to get there, but they aren't, you know, putting in the foreplay to like slowly work up to it. They're just like, we're going to hit this right off the bat. It's going to be, you know, we're going right in for it. And Marvel did it. We can do it too. Send the email. Show them them slow motion Aquaman and flash 
robbing a liquor <laughs> store or stopping someone from doing that. Like yeah. I, I do like, um, one thing I did recent, I was, uh, I, one thing I didn't notice until, um, I saw some YouTube video about it, but I did think it was interesting is that mm-hmm. they talk about how wonder woman in that movie, like gets off on being hit by, uh, doomsday. um, doomsday. Uh, yeah. She like gets hit by him. And then like the next mm-hmm. scene is like her, like smirking at it. And it is kind of weird, like a situation where they show that it's, it's a, they, I, and then I kind of thought about it. They do it a lot with female characters is where they like show them getting like pummeled by somebody and then like, in, like kind of smirking at it. And I, part of me understands it's like, it's probably like, you know, uh, the strength of the, the female character being like, oh, I can take this punch. And, you know, you thought this was going to put me down type thing, but it's, it's a little weird. There's a when whole you, like, other way it, to like, interpret that though. <laughs> and, and yeah yeah so overall i I like the movie despite its you know litany of flaws like if you want to sit down and pick this thing apart like i don't have a problem with that and i think what Mm -hmm. has helped me is after watching it i think this was the fourth time is i could finally see where the potential was and that's what they were trying to achieve and I finally like, okay, well, they they had good intentions here. It just got muddled in under this giant universe that they were trying to build on top of it. And then, you know, Zack Snyder's Justice League didn't even happen after this. And so a lot of that stuff just got never, you know, never was followed up on again. So it's, it's an interesting experience. Very much mixed feelings on it. So... Yeah, I agree. No, I mixed feelings is good. I again, it's, oh. it's it's not like I hated the movie. It's not something that I would never watch again if it was on TV and they, you know, I, I didn't have necessarily anything else like that. I was like pressing to watch. I would say like, yeah, sure. I'd, I'd watch it again and sure. be interested to see what my and the, I mean, were this time. Whatever else you want to say. I mean, the Batman warehouse scene where he saves Martha is... You know, that's arguably like the best action scene we've had in a Batman movie with clear, you know, Arkham Knight, or Arkham Asylum influences the, the video game series into that. And it's just, it was, it was good. Like, and I love to oh, have yeah. the whole well, thing is he... Batman, you know, has fallen. So he's just wiping guys out left and right earlier in the movie. And then supposedly he's good again. And he's still back mm-hmm. to fucking killing dudes and like permanently maiming them and like disabling them and shit. Like the Russian guy says, you know, don't do anything. I'll, I'll kill her. Believe me. And he just goes, yeah, I believe you. And then he just fucking vaporizes <laughs> the dude and saves Martha. <laughs> it's, just like, it's cool, but it's like, oh, well, I guess, you know, he was just a fucking cold blooded assassin the whole time. And, you know, like Michael Keaton's Batman. So. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if you're going to, sure. I mean, hard Batman is hard, man. I, it's, I, you, you talk about the Arkham games. I mean, how many times did I, you know, I'd knock somebody out in the middle of the street during Christmas and it's just snowing outside and just, yeah. you, you can fly back and that guy's still knocked out hours later. Like he's going to, like he's most likely dead of exposure, like going to die of exposure. Like, but Batman, you know, 
He, he didn't kill Batman anyone. won't kill he you. Out, so. He will just dish out life-long crippling injuries, and you'll never be the same again. <laughs> so I guess you get to decide which is worse. Crippling you for the oh, man. Yeah. Well, that was my take on it. And again, you have some of the cheesy lines again, and I think the biggest problem with these two movies that you can kind of see following through is that they knew where they wanted to go. The writing wasn't always strong enough to support that. And it just, you know, they skipped steps to get there. You know, so, but we're here now, man, because the Snyder cut is real. It's coming out tomorrow on HBO max. It's going to be a new I have new in quotation marks because, you know, it's just a, a different version of, you know, this movie we've already seen. But it's a new DC movie that's coming out. And I guess my question to you, Michael, is how how did we get here? How how did this happen? And how do you feel about it now that we're on the precipice of this event? I mean... Nerd rage is real. Uh, I we're in the we we are in the era of the nerd. Uh, we it's crazy to think it's crazy to think that essentially this kind of whole backing. I remember like rumblings of this like right after the movie came out that like there, there was the Snyder cut. Like there was this rumored like version of the movie that was like fully done and we didn't get to see it because and i understand you know stuff happened in his life and i no comment on i you know fully support him taking that priority in his life to be able to evaluate what's going on there like that you know as an artist like yeah you need to sometimes the you know your art has to take a back seat to your personal personal self so no like not not disparaging him there to be clear um but I remember hearing about it and just being like, man, these people are crazy. Like, no, that's not, that's not how movies work. People don't, you, you don't put together a whole entire movie that's so different. And, you know, there are director's cuts that come out later. And, you know, even, even watch the ultimate edition. But, like, I remember people talking about it as like a it, real like, thing. It was, <clears throat> yeah, if it was the difference between, it was like them comparing it, and I'm going to, throw out some wild things like the difference like what we got was toxic avenger and what the snyder cut was going to be was the avengers you know like that's the disparity between the the two the two different cuts they were talking about and and at the time i just you know was i didn't believe them and i think it was like only with like and then then it just like kind of and then they started tweeting about it and then suddenly everyone was like yeah let's see this movie let's let's do this and whatever big wig in uh warner brothers uh was just like yeah let's throw some money at this a few million dollars and later i just want to add real quick i think and brave fisher have- who plays cyborg when we talked about this last week he had a big you know role mm-hmm. if you will and you know, pushing for that to be released because of what he experienced, you know, you know during the Joss yeah. Whedon's uh, time, you know, finishing the original 
movie that was released. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. But we're here. Yeah, I just don't. <laughs> I'm still kind of like blown. I'm still kind of blown away by the whole like thing that we have this movie that was previously files and film saved on some sort of in, in, in some sort of warehouse type thing and now we actually are getting a full-fledged mm-hmm. movie of something we've already seen one analogy that i want to offer that is the only thing that comes to mind that even remotely compares to this and i think he, even it pales a little bit in comparison but mm-hmm. when for those who don't know, um, there was the Mass Effect trilogy, which was a really popular video game series, and people were really anticipating the ending to an unhealthy degree, probably. Um, and then Mass Effect Three came out. The ending, you know, and I, I played it, and you did too, and I feel comfortable admitting it was garbage. And the fans let everyone know it was garbage, and the nerd rage that ensued forced Bioware to then come back and make an extended cut of its ending to pacify the just vehemently enraged fans who, you know, just would not tolerate, you know, the ending that they received. That's the only time I've seen a, a nerd movement impact what was actually released by you know a major studio and i feel like this is that times a million because of you know the monetary aspect that went into just making this happen in the first place i have to say i do i i I like that analogy because it's it's very true i you know, thinking about um, that experience. Cause I remember people just being like, Oh, it's at the end of the story, spoiler alert for mass effect three that I don't <laughs> think is, I don't think it exists. I don't think that version exists anymore, but at the end of the game, like you pretty much just chose a color. Like that was it. You're, you're just, you're a trilogy long, you know, epic story, space fantasy, uh, science fiction, you i'd say probably more science fiction there's very less not as much fantasy in it but uh science fiction story and you just get to the end and it's pick green for good red for bad and orange for you pick your color and the star child (laughs) laughs and gives you the middle finger and then the game pretty much just ended at that point and you know what i mean it's it's surprising to me because you think about it and it's we talk about this nerd culture stuff and like nerds being mad it just even then though i feel it's different in the sense that mass effect was a product that we bought and that we were disappointed with but i feel like we we still got a movie that like is still entertaining at the end of the day it's not as good and it kind of was it was coming off the heels of, you know, man or uh, Batman v Superman, and that wasn't really great either. So it was kind of just par for the course. And the only good movie was 
Wonder Woman. Like that was the only, you know, the original, the the first Wonder Woman was like the only real good right. movie in this universe that they had started creating. It's, it's hard to explain because I've never seen anything like this happen in my lifetime. And, you know, likewise for you. And it's just, you know, I, I didn't think this would actually ever be a thing mm-hmm. that would happen. But, you know, here, here we are. So... Never doubt the nerds, my friends, because they will say mean things to you endlessly on social media <laughs> until you give them what they want. So don't piss them off. Um, real quick, and then we're going to wrap up here. But um, predictions, man. Just, you know, what are what are your thoughts on maybe not what's going to happen, you know, so much story-wise, but do you think it's going to be worth the weights and you know what what are your kind of overall thoughts on how it's going to turn out yeah i i think it's going to fall someplace between on quality level of the dc eu <laughs> experience uh wonder woman being the top um and then at the very bottom, gosh, it's kind of all there. The I would say the the original cut of Batman v Superman, I feel, is probably towards the bottom, just because of how people reacted to it. Um, I feel like it's probably going to. My hope is is that it's going to be probably potentially the, yeah. either the third or second best movie in this entire franchise, in this the the these the, the filmography of these movies put together. I really, I, I have high hopes for it. I really do. I, I want it to succeed. I want it to show that, you know, with the right vision behind something, you can get a good movie out of this. I feel like the story is kind of there. I, gosh, I hope they fix some of that CGI. Like it was that, like, that's, that's like the only thing that I hope that most of this money went to is just a lot of CGI fixes because I we briefly talked about it, but there's some times in that movie when the, the, the in the first movie or the first version of this movie that I sat there yeah. and was like, God, this CGI is, just, this is terrible. It's just yeah, terrible. I mean, they gave him $30 good. million dollars just for that. So if the CGI still sucks, then they should just give up now. But, uh, I think I agree with you. I think I'm probably I'm, um, anticipating it's going to be around that quality of you know second or third best um i mean i watched you know the trailers and stuff and i can feel myself you know getting a little more hype for this than i probably should maybe it's just because i haven't been to the movies in a while or you know anticipated a a big superhero movie in a few years so that could be it um but to your point i just you know i want them to I hope they succeed because I having rewatched this universe have seen its potential and the pitfalls that prevented them from realizing that. And my hope is that got four hours, man, a four hour movie on HBO max, really a different approach than what we've seen for adapting, you know, this material into a film is that it, it, it proves that it was, you know, worth the hype. And I don't want to, you know, you know, mess with our expectations or anything, but 
with the reviews have started coming in for it. And I don't read reviews before I see a movie because critics are dicks and they like to spoil a lot of things. But um, it's got it's doing better than Man of Steel did in the critic eye, the critic size. It's doing a lot better than Batman v Superman did, and even better than the original Justice League. It's not as high up there as wonder woman it's about on par i believe with aquaman um so i think that's probably the sweet spot is that it's going to fall somewhere you know in that second or third rank but um i you know i hope i hope it's a good time and i you know we'll talk next week about our thoughts on it and uh you know whether or not this is has any chance of continuing, which I know we have differing opinions on, but um, I th- I think it's going to be a good time. I my fear is that it's just going to drag because it's four hours, and I I love movies, but I mean four hours is a long fucking time to sit down and watch just one thing, you know. So <laughs> so that's. That's kind of where I'm at, yeah, but I, yeah. I do hope he gets to realize, Zack Snyder gets to realize more of his vision and finish, you know, gets to finish what he started. And, you know, I, I'm glad that he got that opportunity. And man, what a what a tough son of a bitch to come back to this project after what he went through and, you know, return to, you know, looking at some of that same stuff that he did when he had to leave after his, you know, you know his daughter's suicide. Um, so kudos to him and kudos to the actors really excited, you know, for cyborg. I think I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with him more than anyone else. Cause I think he was the guy who got shortchanged the most by the, the weed inversion, at least from what I've read. I'll be excited to see it. Cause I do think his, like I said before, I do think it, I do think his story got shortchanged. Yeah. I do think. The heart of the film. It's a very good emotional story. So, yeah, hopefully Um, that's true. Well, we will be watching this weekend, so we'll Well, be back next week. And what else can you say, man? I'm still kind of dumbfounded that this is even a real thing. So. Yeah, no, I'm 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 with you there too. It's it's kind of it's it's semi unreal. I'm excited to see what what they put out. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you for uh, tuning into this episode of Hit Save the Real. Uh, we'll be back again, and uh, thank you all so much for listening. Catch you later, Martha. Martha.